is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. It is the last Wednesday before Christmas. It's always an exciting time, uh, regardless of where you're at, what part of the country. It's a festive season. I wanted to share you a little, share a little something. Uh, just yesterday, I was at this big, uh, I guess you'd call it like a clubhouse slash cabin you could also use it as like a retreat center place i don't know it was at a, a luncheon provided uh for the staff of this church that i'm at point north church and it was way out in the boonies of south carolina about 40 minutes from here which is about 40 minutes from charleston so it's out there a little bit um but it was in the middle of like the, i think it's like 1200 or 2200 i don't know it's a a big bunch of acres of uh, private forest preserve. And when I put it in the GPS to get there, um, it was a little, my, my GPS was a little sketchy. I tried two different ones and neither one would give me an exact coordinate. They're like, I mean, we'll get you there. We'll get you around there. We'll get you close. And I was like, all right, here we go. Going on an adventure. And uh, as I was driving, we get closer. I'm about a mile away and I have to turn down this dirt road. And I was like, a dirt road? Really? Is that what we're doing? I even stopped the car and I was like, is this right? But uh, I continued. There was a, uh, a tractor that was like grading the, the road. Made no attempts to move for me, so had to go. You know, I'm in a Mustang and a dirt road in the country. It's, it's, a, it's a little sketch. Um, thought I was lost. And then as I got through, I got to this one area that said, this is a private property. Turn around now. And I was like, boy. But sometimes you just got to go through it. So I went there. Eventually, I got there. I was on the right path. GPS didn't do me wrong. So we got to this cabin thing and had great lunch. There was all sorts of sausages and chicken perlo and desserts. It was great. Um, but in the background, there was a TV playing Christmas music, which was, you know, appropriate for the time to be listening to some Christmas music as we're at a Christmas luncheon, a thank you thing. Um, but during I, when they're playing these songs on the screen, there'd be different fun facts that popped up, you know, mostly had to do with the song. So if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm looking for cheats. I'm like, all right, let me get some good facts here from these songs. And maybe I can share it for my devotional. Didn't happen. But this fun fact came up and it was this every year. Norway sends a Christmas tree to Great Britain as a thank you for supporting them in World War II. It's nice. That's, that's, that's a nice thing. Like, it's good, good to know it. Now, after reading that, I started thinking, which, you know, it can be a little dangerous sometimes. Um, but here's what I started thinking. After how many years uh, did the Norwegians give the tree to Great Britain before Great Britain kind of sort of started counting on it to happen, right? So, like, for instance, um, 
we've been going to a family's house for Thanksgiving the last couple of years. And uh, they say it's an open invite. And I'm sure it is. But every year I'm like, is it? And so then this year I was like, are we still invited? Which they were like, oh, of course. But they could have been like, oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I didn't think you're going to actually take us up on it. No, not that that happened here. This family would love to have us. But I'm kind of thinking the same type of thing with Great Britain and Norway. So I was like, how long before it started to change? So I'm thinking it was a couple years, maybe a couple years. So here's, here's the first year Norway gives the tree and, and Great Britain's like, what? No, you didn't have to do that. You're too kind. Norway's like, no, we insist. You did so much for us. And this tree is for you. And it went on and on. And they're just gushing. Oh, no, you take now. So finally it happened. Year two, probably something similar situation. The Brits probably get, you know, a, a delivery of this Christmas tree. And they're like, again? No, we simply can't, Norway. Norway was like, look, without you, you know, we're a part of Germany now or worse. So, I mean, please, the least you could do, take the tree, right? And so it was a good thing. Year three, though, I feel like it probably, like, the Brits were probably sitting around and it was the day that the tree would normally come, like the last two years. And there was no tree. And they're like, were we getting a tree? What's going on? Is this, like, is it supposed to end? I thought that they said they were going to give us a tree. So, um, so they probably got on the, wrote a letter or, or a telegram or, Beep, 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 whatever that the Morse code thing. I don't know how they did it back in the 40s, 50s, whatever. Who knows? I wasn't alive. But uh, they're probably like, hey, Norway, uh, it's us, Great Britain. Um, not that you have to, but are you sending a tree this year? I mean, uh, you guys were so generous and, uh, you know, just wondering what's what's going on. What's, what's, what's going on? And, uh, and the Norways are probably like, geez, like, really? You give them a tree a couple of years and now they expect it? And then they probably get on the horn and they're like, hey, hey, Brits, it's 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 us, Norway. I don't know. It might, Norwegian isn't that good. I don't know. I think that's how they sound. But anyway, they were like, say, I, I got your letter. And I mean, uh, of course, we, we'd send you a tree. I mean, we're just, uh, we've been real busy, you know, uh, getting back on our feet from the old World War Two and, and Great Britain was probably like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, say, wasn't World War Two that that a uh, war that we helped you with, you know, and supported you and bailed you out and all that? Yeah, I think I remember that one. And then in Norway, say, guys, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, yeah, we'll we'll get that we'll get that tree to you. Um, just give give us a couple days. Is that cool? And uh, Brit's like, yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, a couple days, good. We'll let the royal family know. Um, so, and uh, you, uh, you know, have a have a good, good, good day, you know. And um, and I imagine that's probably been like that for what is it, how many years since since World War Two? That's a lot of years since like, you know, over 60, 70 years. My math is terrible right now, because I'm not even trying to do math. I'm just saying. But I wonder now, like, if if Norway, like, sometimes sends a pathetic, like, half-dead tree, and I'm like, just send it. Like, they see it's true. They're like, hey, this is the one for Great Britain. Send it. And um, 
you know, and again, the phone calls happen and, and the Brits are like, um, they're like, good day, sir. We just received your Christmas tree and hate to be the messenger of bad news, but it's partially dead and its needles have fallen out. Norway would be like, with a long silence, uh, I mean, it looked good before we sent it, so I don't know what to tell you. And then the Brits would be like, bollocks. Well, I suppose we'll have to make do with what we have. And, and Norway would be like, a quick question. Um, do you people sell Christmas trees in the UK to your people to buy? And they're like, why, of course we do. Why would you ask that? Many of our citizens love to have a real Christmas tree in their home. And Norway would be like, I'm just wondering. Merry Christmas. Because, you know, they could go and buy their own. But instead, they're waiting for Norway. You know, that kind of thing. So the whole moral of that is, in case you ever are asked if you know, hey, you happen to know of an, a country that buys a Christmas tree for another country? Now you do. Now you know. It's a little piece of trivia you can keep in your back pocket. Now in other thoughts, just this morning I was driving here to, to church and I had the Christmas channel on, you know, radio that's Christmas 24-7. And I heard Willie Nelson's version of... Um, Frosty the Snowman, which that's weird, isn't it weird? Why would why does why did Willie Nelson do Frosty the Snowman? Of all Christmas songs, he decided to do Frosty the Snowman because his version is super kid kiddish, you know, like there's nothing cool about it. And also, here's the thing: Frosty the Snowman. Why is it even being played on Christmas? Radio. It's not a Christmas song. It's about a snowman. It has nothing to do with Christmas. For all we know, Frosty could have taken place in January or February, something like that. I mean, I'm just not buying it as a Christmas song. What, because it's cold out in a lot of the other countries, it's automatically a Christmas song? No, not buying it. But enough of this fluff. Let's get down to the real meat and potatoes of this devotional. So today, I want to talk about Gloria in Excelsius Deo. And I kind of feel like this is an underrated, underplayed song. Now, I usually use it in my Christmas services. and uh, But I've been to a lot of services where that's, you know, it's never been played. Plus, I don't feel like I hear it on Christmas radio all that often at all. I can't even remember the last time I heard it. But... Um, Let's start with this. What does Gloria in Excelsis Deo even mean? Well, that is Latin for glory to God in the highest. And it's a classic Christian hymn, which is also referred to as the greater doxology or the angelic hymn. Now, here's where I would like to tell you, like, who wrote it, what year it was, and all this stuff. But guess what? All my research into the song leads me in only two different directions. And... Both of the main source of information is on Wikipedia, which I don't like to use as solid facts. I mean, you can get some good stuff from there, but one says that it was by Sebastian Bach as a um, an old, I think it was like 1780, no, 1742 is when it was written, but then something else said it was in the 1800s by somebody totally different. I can't nail down exactly where, who or where or when it was written. So I'm just going to leave that up. This is going to be a happy um, 
reference for you to look up in the future or once you once you get done reading this maybe you can do your own research i don't know but i'm telling you i don't know for sure it's not the main part of the song that i want to get to obviously i just like to give you a little background sometimes i can't this time can't do it because if i just spewed out all the facts from wikipedia could be totally wrong and then you'd be like this guy's a fool he just said all kinds of nonsense this is not real i know i get it that's why i'm not going down that road so there you go thought this song would uh, be great to discuss this week because at my church this past Sunday uh, we talked about uh, the shepherds were the first to hear about the birth of Christ and why would they be the ones to hear about it first and um, this song would have been amazing to play this past Sunday but I didn't um, big swing and a miss on my half my part there but what can you do sometimes you win some sometimes you lose i lost because it would have been great i didn't think of it until today anyways the song is really about the choir of angels that appeared to the shepherds and sang the good news um so we can look at the reference scripture which would be luke 2 8 through 15 to kind of give us the foundation of the song so let's do that now here we go luke 2 8 through 15. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over the flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior is born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly host with angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and the peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Now that's the CSB version, but there's another version that says, you know, other translations that say that the angels sang that to them. The the good news right so that's where this the song kind of comes from i probably should have went and got one of those translations but again swinging a miss i didn't i just went to the old faithful csb anyways um so the song starts out with the chorus gloria and excelsis dea which translate from latin to english straight from uh, luke 2 14 glory to god in the highest heaven um but then we get into the verses which tells the Christmas story. So here we go. Verse 1. Angels we've heard on high sweetly singing over the plains and the mountains in reply echoing their joyous strains. So from this verse, I feel like I connect with the shepherds. Like I could feel like I could be transported right there because you're listening to these choir of angels singing. And can you just imagine as they're singing this good news, this loud, beautiful sound and it's going through the land and echoing off the mountains and coming back to you like i could just imagine how amazing that would have felt and in verse two here's where it comes to the shepherds shepherds why this jubilee why your joyous strains prolong what the gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song so just as we had talked last week about o come emmanuel the prophecy of the messiah coming was well known in israel they were desperate for their savior for the messiah to come and free them from their oppression and say and set them free so they knew about this prophecy way before this and they've been patiently waiting so with this choir of angels coming to them to these shepherds and and telling them of christ's birth 
the joy and happiness that they must have felt. They must have been like hooting and hollering and screaming and laughing and crying and doing all kinds of things. And it had to be a loud noise, a loud celebration. So when they said, you know, um, why your joyous strains prolong. And, and so and it says that it kind of inspires this heavenly song. So it's just like a really cool verse to put in there about the reaction from the shepherds. Then in verse 3, it says, See him in the manger lay, whom the choir of angels praise. Mary, Joseph, lend your aid while our hearts and love we raise. So in that verse, in scripture in the Luke 2, it doesn't name Mary and Joseph. It just said you'll find a baby wrapped in cloth and all that. So when they arrived and saw the baby, that's when they would have been able to know who Mary and Joseph were. And I'm sure if they could have done anything for them, they would have offered their services uh, and, and help them with whatever they needed. So that's kind of where that verse came from. So they were probably wanting to do something for them. That is until the little drummer boy came with his drum set and started making a big racket. Just kidding. He didn't. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe there was, maybe somebody just had something that made noise and they started banging on it. They're like, hey, drummer boy, pipe down. But anyway, if you ever wanted to share the Christmas story with someone, you could just simply sing the song to them. And take it from me, it won't be awkward at all. Like, just imagine going to a grocery store and uh, you're getting your cereal or whatever and someone's talking about, what is the Christmas story anyways? You could just simply say, hold on a second and pull out your pitch pipe beep, and be like, <clears throat> Angels we hammer on high Sweetly singing on the plains you know, And just keep going from there And I'm sure everybody's going to stop and listen And they're going to be in tune with what you're going to say But seriously You got a little more knowledge now About the song About its background What its, what its meaning is So you can possibly share this with somebody you know maybe um maybe you got a little more that you can talk about with the christmas story going forward maybe this has nothing to do with the song but kind of piqued your interest you know what i can go tell somebody the christmas story it was laid out real easy in the song i could lay it out real easy just like that or the people that maybe you've well hopefully you've discussed the other songs with people sparked up conversations gospel conversations and then like i said you planted the seed you got to water it water it with this story. Tell them a little bit about that. This is Christmas after all. It's not weird. It might be weird, but it doesn't have to be weird. Sometimes it, weird's good though. Plant, water, convert. That's what I have to say. So that's what I have for you today. Have a Merry Christmas because I probably won't see you till Christmas. And I'll see you next time. All right. Peace out. Thank you.